Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Friends, today we are going to pray over Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 is a prayer for cleansing and pardon. I would suggest that it's one of the most beautiful psalms that recognize our sinfulness before our God and that we can always turn to him for mercy. So let's hear what the scripture has to say. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. What a beautiful psalm. It begins so powerfully. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. This acknowledgement of our sinfulness before God, but of God's great desire to be merciful. And so we call upon that beautiful mercy of God in his steadfast love for us. And notice the description, steadfast love, not just love, steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, God just doesn't give us a little bit of mercy, scraps from his sacred throne, but rather he floods our souls with mercy. And we ask God to blot out our transgressions. How many of us are at times haunted by a past, a past sin, perhaps something we said, something we've done, and we just kind of feel like it's this lingering effects upon us. 
Is this true of you, friends? Is there something in your life that the devil continues to kind of pick at? Say, well, what about that? Does this psalm not speak to our hearts to ask God to be merciful for those things that come to our mind? This beautiful image of washing us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sins. Do not each of us wish to be freed from these decisions and actions that we now regret? And yet this is a God who loves us in such a powerful way that he calls us outside of those things. He doesn't wish to create division with us, but rather he is a God of reconciliation. As the psalm continues, the psalmist suggests that they recognize the wrongdoing they've done before God. And you and I are very much aware of the times in which we've let God down. And yet God is to be praised because his mercy is from generation to generation. We can never say that enough. God is merciful. And so we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus and the mercy of our God. And so as verse 8 says, let me hear joy and gladness. Indeed, may we find joy and gladness in that truth, friends. In verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Is this not each of our desires, to have a clean heart? We want to be pure in mind and in deed. We don't want to think ill of others. We want to be able to think well of everyone around me, to wish them well, to thank God for the blessings they receive. And yet also in verse 11, do not cast me away from your presence. When we are God-like friends, we think like him, we speak like him, we act like him. Being in the presence of God allows us to recognize not only the grace in our lives, but it becomes contagious. The more we come to know and love God, the more we are kind and considerate to one another. And so as we plead with God, do not let your Holy Spirit be taken from me, is this idea of a God with us, Emmanuel. You've heard me say this many, many times, how important it is for us to reflect upon that truth. O Lord, open my lips, verse 15 says, and my mouth will declare your praise. Friends, every time we open our mouths and give praise to God, it's first a movement of the Holy Spirit and then our openness to a response. Indeed, may our lips be opened to praise God for the times in which he has done wondrous things for us, for the times in which we have taken him for granted, for the times in which we have been like Judas and betrayed him. May our lips praise his mercy and love, not just for ourselves, but for everyone, so that others may see us as a faithful and hopeful disciple. A broken, contrite, humble heart, O God, you will not despise. Friends, many of us are carrying around guilt of past regrets. God doesn't want us to be weighed down. He knows that our hearts are contrite, that we're sorry, that if we could turn back the clocks, we'd do it differently. 
And so let us immerse ourselves in verse 17 and realize that indeed, if God can read the human heart, and he absolutely can and does, then he knows where our heart is. And if you're like me, friends, and you've fallen, it is the Lord who lifts us up. Do not be discouraged. How many times do athletes, even at the peak of their game, make mistakes, turn the puck over, throw an interception, strike out, and yet they live to see another play? They shouldn't just beat themselves up on the sideline or on the bench or in the dugout or in the dressing room. Rather, the coach reminds them, look, we've got another play. Let's make up for the mistake. And that's how God is with us, giving us opportunities to make up for the mistake. And it's acknowledging those mistakes that helps to motivate us to do better. And God wants us to do better. And so today, as we reflect upon Psalm 51, friends, I want us to take some time to reflect upon those things that we regret. The times in which our words and actions have been not like God. Lord, we're sorry for these things that we've said and done. Lord, help us to move from the guilt that we feel of wishing that we acted differently to an acknowledgement that you read our hearts. Lord, let's feel your mercy. Lord, help us to know your love. Then, friends, as we continue to do this, may we hold our head up high. May the love and mercy and forgiveness of our loving God come upon us in a profound way so we can leave these instances of regret in our rearview mirror and focus on a bright future that God has in store for us. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks and God bless.